Warning, incoming game. Warning, incoming game. Welcome to Incoming Game, the podcast where we watch and rewatch the 90s animated series reboot. I'm Jessica, and I've been a fan for a long time. I'm Ben, and I'm watching this for the first time. Each week, we'll take an episode, dissect it, inject some trivia, and try to find our frostiest moments. This week, it's pirates and whaling, and oh my, is that the white whale? In the edge of beyond. So how's it going, Jess? I'm doing pretty well. It was a bit of a slow week overall, but I got to go home and check out the uh, old bedroom as I cleaned it up and stumbled upon some fun old magazines, including an old video game magazine that included the sheet codes to the reboot video game. Oh, how timely. Right? <laughs> I specifically looked it up at the end. I was like, wait a minute, they have all these cheat codes. They have Reboot in there? It is, in fact, that old. And for some reason, I kept it. <laughs> would that have been repeated in multiple issues? Or did you just happen to get the one issue that had that? It probably would have been repeated in multiple issues. But it would have had it been from, you know, that that year or whenever Reboot came out. Because this was like PlayStation Magazine. Not like PlayStation 3 Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> How about your week, Ben? How was it? It's been rainy. There's there's only been a couple of good days where I was able to get out and get like a run on, but like for most part it's just been rainy and dreary like this whole summer's been. But I am looking forward to tonight and getting to watch the new Star Trek Discovery short. Woohoo! Although that'll be wildly out of date by the time this airs, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll still be shorts on. Yeah. Go watch the shorts, people. They're fun. Well, speaking of fun, why don't we jump into this episode? Let's do it. So today we're doing Season 3, Episode 10, The Edge of Beyond. It first aired on October 22nd, 1997. So it's written by Christy Marks. The story is by Gavin Blair, Christy Marks, Dan DiDio, Phil Mitchell, and Ian Pearson. And we open up in a very 90s feel here with bright Lisa Frank colors streaming by Ray as he literally surfs the interwebs. Yes, he's leading the charge with the saucy mare close behind. We just need some Nyan Cat in here to really close up the picture. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Christopher fills us in with the first mate's log. Soon the saucy mare will enter into that profitless region known as the edge of beyond. He says that Matrix is jelly, and so are Andrea's knees. (laughs) It's really fun that like you get this like little interaction between Ray and Andrea here, which you actually get to hear later. And it's so obvious what's happening is that Andrea is just like funning with him. And Mm -hmm. Matrix is so angry. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I really need to know how Mr. Christopher types with the little mitten hands. One letter at a time. You know what? It's probably just one and zero. He's just got the two keys. <laughs> so as they approach the edge of beyond, which is apparently just another tear, uh, Tracer elbows Andrea and says they're going to need protection. Wink, 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 wink. <laughs> protection? What do you mean by that, lad? We finally got to the <laughs> way overplayed condom joke. Now that I've said it like five times. I know. I wondered if that was it or if there was a more obvious one. <laughs> oh, that was it. And like now that I've said it a million times, it's not nearly as funny. But <laughs> <laughs> I was picturing some some like giant like square thing with a ring poking out of it or something. <laughs> I do like here that, uh, you know, Andrea is remarking that it's too large, but Ray assures her it'll fit. <laughs> <laughs> 
So they need a plan, and that plan is to take the carcasses of dead web creatures and cover the ship in them. Kind of like covering yourself in uh, zombie meat to avoid detection. Covering yourself in the scales of the dragon, which is an interesting metaphor that he went with here. Uh, But we get a fun scene that's actually pretty reminiscent of real whaling vessels. Like they've got that kind of thing that leans over the side of the ship and holds up the dead whale as you like take it apart piece by piece. Yeah. And we get to see what a big buff man Matrix is as he hauls up the anchor all by his lonesome. Yeah, there's a whole montage of dis and reassembly as uh, Tracer and Andrea do some flirting right in front of Enzo, who promptly kicks the bucket. He stomps off like a constipated teenager at this point. <laughs> Thankfully, Andrea's not putting up with it and just like, fine, you want to walk off? I'll walk off too. We'll see how this goes. Stubborn, obstinate, hard-headed sprite. She uh, heads off to grab some more zombie flesh when uh, she comes across a spooky glowing cluster of veiny pulsating balls. And, of course, she can't stop herself from touching them. (laughs) Ooh, shiny. (laughs) Like, they could not be broadcasting a do not touch vibe any louder, but still. (laughs) They couldn't. That's true. From a movie perspective, there's definitely a do not touch vibe. From a I'm wandering the wilderness and I see something cool and shiny, I'm going to touch it. I feel like I would totally do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, grab the testicles. (laughs) (laughs) So Ray tries to stop her as he sees this, but it's too late. The face huggers jumped out and uh, makes her all transparent. Did you notice, like, it does the, um, the the most effective way to completely incapacitate a woman is to grab her by the upper arm. Yeah. (laughs) Did you know about this trope? I just found out about it yesterday, actually. (laughs) I have not heard this trope before. Yeah, yeah. So for some reason, grabbing a woman either by the wrist or the upper arm makes her completely defenseless and incapable of kicking, headbutting, or anything. <laughs> just like, you're <laughs> completely motionless. Oh man, you've ruined my night. And that's just gonna be all tvtropes.com. <laughs> Standard female grab area, I think it's called. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of weird that he doesn't really bite her at first. He does like the alien thing where he's got one mouth that holds her and then another mouth that bites her. <laughs> He just does the original bite where he grabs her and she immediately calls out to Enzo and does nothing else. So I think the trope is right there. Yeah. So Enzo, in an effort to save her, does some completely unnecessary knocking over of boxes and flipping over them to get onto his hoverboard. Well, he knocks someone off of their hoverboard. He's just like, no, this is mine now. Jumps on and goes off. Ray actually manages to grab the poor dilapidated uh, Andrea while Enzo tries to destroy the thing that dare hurt his girl. Yeah, she's completely drained. Like, her skin is translucent, kind of like when Dot got hit with a magnet that one time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Enzo's about ready to blast the web creature out of existence, but Tracer warns that that will also kill Andrea. So instead, he fires a tracking beacon onto it just before it flies into the tear. They head back to the ship, the weakened Andrea, and the ship has now been completely overhauled. It's fitted with web creature hide all over, uh, and it looks pretty cool. Yeah, and just as they're finishing up the preparations, Capacitor asks Ray if there's any way they can save Andrea. And he's like, I hope so. It will break my heart. I'll do anything for her. It's like, dude, slow your roll. You guys just met. <laughs> <laughs> I also like he doesn't actually answer his question. He's like, so is she like, okay? Like, is this a thing you've seen before? I love her and I would die for her. <laughs> Not what I'd asked, but good to know. <laughs> It's like, hmm, well, maybe you can test that resolve by uh, telling Matrix that dinner's ready. (laughs) Oh, no, never mind. I mean, she's cool and all, but that's maybe crossing a line. (laughs) So below deck, Enzo is sitting with Andrea, as well as Friskin and Bula. Sorry, 
do not wake. And Ray peeks his head in the barest amount to slightly. <laughs> hey, buddy. How's it going? <laughs> Thankfully, Enzo doesn't bite it off yet uh, <laughs> and goes up to deck. So uh, Cap asks how Tracer's going to survive without having the zombie flesh on him, and uh, he presses his belt buckle and becomes ribbed for her pleasure. Not to worry. I've got it covered. <laughs> this is also the point where we learn that the creature didn't just steal Andrea's energy, but part of her code. So we got to get that code back in order to complete her again. So Ray heads outside and pulls a Super Saiyan, stabilizing the terror with all the light and, you know, fancy Dragon Ball effects that come with it. <laughs> and uh, that opens up a portal, right? It does. And they head off into the web. I thought they did a good shot here where the portal closes behind them and we just see the tear and you get this kind of feeling they're trapped in there forever. <laughs> it's like that cool um, tentacly kaleidoscopic imagery as they go inside. And as they browse the web, the scanners are acting funky and they're not sure how long the ship is going to hold together. It's like navigating through an invisible lit soup, sir. Matrix gets his Wi-Fi connection back and starts trailing the web creature right into a storm. He, in fact, manages to push the helmsman out of the way at yes. this point. Uh, Ray is yelling that he should not do that. However, <laughs> Ray is outside of the ship and at least 100 feet away when he shouts. So really, whose fault is it that this happened? <laughs> and it's a turbulent ride. Everyone's sliding around and bolts are popping out of the walls. Tracer lets out another blast of energy as they exit the storm. And then he storms onto the ship, asking what happened. Cap nods over to Enzo like it was Ahab over there chasing his white whale. <laughs> he tries to give Matrix a talking to. You steered into a data storm? You could have gotten everyone deleted, including Andrea which causes Matrix to storm off, but Ray grabs his shoulder, determined to teach him a lesson. But Matrix's knee-jerk reaction to anything is to punch it. So <laughs> he sends Ray flying across the ship. Yeah, and Enzo's almost about to shoot him when Capacitor breaks it up. He's like, hey, 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 no guns on my pirate ship. Are you crazy? <laughs> Just so you know, I'm the one who's actually the captain. Thank you very much. Also, Matrix, you're a psychopath. Cut it out. Look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> also, I was the captain five minutes ago and an hour before that. So slow your roll. Yeah, he says that the only reason he's even tolerating him right now is for Dot's sake. And I'm like, man, good on Capacitor for being the adult in the room here. Seriously. Uh, we get to see Matrix a little hurt by Capacitor's response, which, I mean, you deserve it, dude. You tried to shoot someone after punching him in the face for doing nothing. Get over it. And uh, Capacitor laments that Oh, Enzo wasn't always a psychopath. He once was 11. <laughs> so, yeah, so Enzo starts pacing and pouting while Tracer goes back to guiding the ship, when all of a sudden, they encounter more web creatures. Including the one who done it. Oh, they flow! Enzo takes Andrea's trident and gives it to Tracer, telling him, Remember, you need to bring it back alive. And he's like, Yeah, no shit, I was the one who told you that. Thanks for the mansplaining, Matrix. Always good. <laughs> This is pretty much the most adult that we've seen Enzo in a long time. Giving Ray Andrea's trident is like a pretty mature move for him. <laughs> for anyone else, it's basic human decency. But for him, it's it's fairly mature. Yeah. Ray opens up the hatch and heads out to hunt some web. He makes his way through a pod and actually manages to not attract attention up until the moment he's about to strike. Yeah. Another one sneaks up behind him with a guy riding it and it chomps him. 
from the saucy mare, they can't see what happened, but they do see a chomped up surfboard. They bring it inside and mourn the dead surfer. Did you see that sweet three monitor setup they had? They, it was pretty nice. <laughs> that is until, you know, Matrix ruined it with flying bolts everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So Enzo, stricken with the realization that Tracer gave his life for both Andrea and himself, says, I shall abandon you. <laughs> and the gang are like, oh, good. Then this outfit we made won't go to waste. It's starting to smell a little. <laughs> See, all you have to do to become good friends with Matrix is die. <laughs> and then <laughs> he's totally your friend for life. He'll abandon anybody. <laughs> <laughs> he heads out into the web, leaving a gun and a regenerating surfboard behind uh, while he goes on his little motorboat, which cracks me up for some reason. This little tiny <laughs> motorboat. I'm like, this large man, tiny motorboat, giant like galactic web. Something about the image is very funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> and just like before, some other ones ride up behind him, only this time they start shouting dial-up sounds at him. We're all getting, like, PTSD flashbacks to <laughs> dial-up <laughs> It took me forever to download an image. Do you remember how to download an image? <laughs> They start to attack Enzo here, and uh, one of them swoops down over him, which gets the target knocked off his quarry, and now it's just another web creature lost amid the rest. This made me laugh, because I didn't realize it was a physical crosshair that was stuck onto it. I just thought it was some <laughs> kind of like tracking like imagery. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you would think that it was just like how he saw it with his eyeball, but no, it was like a physical thing he like attached with velcro to, <laughs> to this thing so he gets summarily tossed and starts falling away from the web creatures back toward the storm and all of a sudden tracer appears fully intact he insists they go back to the ship at this point and this is where we learn that oh my gosh he is the surfboard yes you know anyone that was paying attention could have noticed in the first five seconds but <laughs> well he didn't see his board get punched in the heart last episode <laughs> it's true <laughs> But alas, there's no time to talk about how weird it is that he is a surfboard. <laughs> and it's time to order battle stations. So yeah, they go to battle stations as Andrea fades and the dial-up monsters surround them. Dun dun dun! Reboot! So Ben, what did you think of this episode? I enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, I really liked the visuals in this one. There were some really cool establishing shots, especially the ones at the edge of the beyond and the ship's new armor and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. This is a fun visual episode. And I know I've been like picking on Andrea and Matrix for a little bit, but I actually felt things from them this time. Like <laughs> Andrea actually had a range of expressions and her facial animation seemed like it improved a bit. And Enzo wasn't just like a completely unwarranted asshole this time. Like he still was an asshole, but like you could tell why. <laughs> <laughs> we actually got some hints, I think, to why he's being such a jerk. And I kind of wish we got to explore that more because you figure it's been him and Andrea for what feels like 15 years at least, like just the two of them. So to finally have actual people around that are interacting with them, like that's got to feel kind of weird that someone might be like, you know, this is the only person that you've, you've had with you for forever and someone else is talking to her. Someone else is like being friends with her. What if she doesn't want to be friends with me now that she has other options? <laughs> Well, it makes me think of the one where, like, she explained to the one is like, hey, yeah, we fight every now and then, but, like, that doesn't mean we don't love each other, basically. But, man, like, he is making it hard on himself to be liked. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't make it easy for people. It, make, it makes you really makes you wonder what Andrea sees in him, you know? 
other than you're the literally the only guy I've had yeah. around me. <laughs> exactly. This proximity. <laughs> so as soon as she sees one, it's like, oh, you're orange too. I like that. <laughs> they didn't really go with the body language here and the body language in those moments with her and Ray, like from my own interaction with people have felt just very friendly. Like that, those are the kind of jokes that I make with guy friends that I know, like that I have zero interest in, but make those jokes about, you know? So to me, it's so obvious, but to poor Matrix, who has no idea what human emotion is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, what is this? What's going on? You get the sense that Ray likes her more, though, just because he's like, I'll do anything for her. You know? <laughs> ah, yeah. Ray totally has the hots for her. That's, that's for sure. There's also a really nice moment, too, where uh, Enzo is taking the trident from her. Yeah. And I feel like it's the most... And so ish we've seen him in a while. Where he's like, I, I promise I'm gonna bring it back. Like it, it almost felt like like young Enzo saying it. Like they just like dialed down his voice a little bit. Like it was such like a childish thing to say. Right. He was like kind of unsure and like really gentle. <laughs> yeah. It was cute. I really liked that moment. It was a good moment with them. Alphanumeric. So it's uh time for bits and bites. Uh, what kind of trivia do we have this week? So we're a little low on trivia. This episode was very straightforward. Uh, they didn't do too many references, but we did open up with a big one, which is more Star Trek. <laughs> we open up with a, not captain's log, but <laughs> first mate's log. And additionally, we get that pan over where we get to see the engines of the Saucy Mirror, which are so very Enterprise-esque. Um, <laughs> and a lot of the, the visuals you see in this episode are space. And it's yeah. supposed to be inner space but it's so obviously based on outer space <laughs> the the terror that we come up on at the edge of the beyond could easily be any nebula that the enterprise found so it was pretty fun how they were doing that uh, we get some general whaling references if whaling counts as a reference <laughs> <laughs> we get a reference to alien where andrea attempts to touch the glowy balls and they open up very much like an alien egg would with the kind of four flaps as the face hugger jumps out. Yes. Uh, and then we get the almost curse word. Covered my asky. <laughs> the Covered ASCII. my asky. <laughs> yeah, we gl- we didn't even reference that in the recap. <laughs> uh, which is a reference to, I think it's ASC2 is how you actually say it. But okay. <laughs> the computer language. It's probably not. I don't do computer language. Sorry, people, if I've messed it up. But... <laughs> I think there's also a Red Dwarf reference in there. There's a guy about seven minutes in, there's a binome wiping down one of the windows on the outside of the ship, and that's like straight out of the intro to Red Dwarf. Oh. I've never watched Red Dwarf. Is it good? Oh yeah, it's fun. It's one of those like silly, goofy British comedies. So I'll take a look. This is wrong. This is all wrong. So uh, no game this week, Uh, so why don't we jump right into Frosty Moments. Did you find yourself... A frosty moment. So I really did like that moment between Andrea and Enzo, or rather between Enzo and, and unconscious Andrea, who had no <laughs> no real agency in that moment. But <laughs> the two things that, that really jumped out at me that I really had a fun time with was that the surfboard has an antenna like an old phone. Like he's got the little Motorola logo and he like collapses his antenna like an old Motorola phone. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he, like, he has a surfboard, he comes in, he kind of like puts the surfboard down like you would with like an old phone in your palm of your hand, and the antenna collapses, <laughs> it was pretty fun. Uh, but my frostiest moment 
has to go to the amazing awkward smile that Enzo gives to Bula as she hands him the suit. <laughs> yes, that was one of my um, nominees. <laughs> it reminds me of every photo that I've ever had to take of my little brother when you told him to smile. He'd just be like, is this how you smile? Is this what smiling's like? It's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ben? What was your frosty moment this week? Um, so yeah, that grin was fun. I liked Enzo flipping around uh, to get onto the hoverboard, and I liked that red dwarf binome too, but I think I'm going to give the frosty moment to the potato peeler that shows up a couple times. Oh, he's so good. And especially the scene when like everybody's sliding around and the, the potato peeler's pot is moving around, and he's like <laughs> just unfazed, continuing to peel and <laughs> drop the... He's going to keep going, it's fine. It's just like a cube, he's like peeling away at a cube. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't move, but the bucket does, and it goes back and forth. Those the really fun visual gag there. Yeah. So that's my moment. Alright, so do we have any feedback this week? Alright, so as usual, we put out a call uh, to see who had feedback on this episode and wanted to talk about it. So uh, Steph Naylor, Cerulean452 on Twitter, says there's a town north of them that they call the Edge of Beyond because there's not much out there after it. They really like the web creature armor on the ship. I would totally call it Town the Edge of Beyond. It's a fun name for a town. And yeah, again, the visual in this episode was really fun. Like, very well designed. I have no no qualms with it. It was really fun to see, like, what they came up with with this web creature stuff. So Nolan Hayes says that the Edge of Beyond seems to be a system that didn't fare as well as Mainframe when it comes to web invasions. Oh, I kind of like that theory. The idea that it's, like, a dead system. Because it kind of, it kind of looks like a supernova or a exploding star or something like that that you would see in Star Trek. So the idea that there was something once there and it has since collapsed or exploded or been invaded—that's that's a fun idea. Then uh, Kimura at Wacko Magoose on Twitter has given us a uh, a little play that we will now reenact. <laughs> I will play the part of of Andrea. Uh, and Ben will play the parts of Ray and Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Ooh, a thing. Andrea, no. Gonna touch the thing. Andrea, stop. Oh no, it's not web creature food. Oh, entire crew of the Saucy Mare collectively face palms. <laughs> <laughs> and follows that up with, seriously, what part of her code said, touch the obviously dangerous orbs of pollution? And I'm going to say the same part of my code that would do the same thing. Nolan uh, also noticed that the theme music, the background drums are replaced by a more bassy strum. Have you, have you noticed that? Uh, I did not. I did notice a music cue at one point that reminded me a lot of Bad Bob. Oh, yeah. I... Like the kind of like rocker moment. Yeah, I definitely heard that. Uh, Cameron O'Hara at Cameron O'Hara Love on Twitter says that their frostiest line was, clad the ship and the scales of the dragon which yeah it was pretty fun if a little weird to say do they come across dragons when they sail the net like is that an actual thing that they have to worry about (laughs) (laughs) one more comment from daniel barrett on facebook says uh he remembers being very surprised with this episode not only did we get a sense of urgency with andrea's life on the line but matrix and ray had to learn to work with each other and on top of that we also finally got to see what the inside of the web was like and one thing that's clear, wherever Bob was in this place, he wasn't alone. I think it's time to make this voyage unprofitable. So, uh, before we close up, is there anything you want to recommend this week? Uh, yeah, my recommendation this week's going to be a little bit weird. 
Um, I was listening to another podcast and they reminded me that Columbo exists, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I used to watch Columbo so much as a kid. I was a very strange kid. I watched weird things, including Columbo. So I went ahead and watched some episodes of Columbo, which they have a few that you can watch for free on YouTube from various different seasons. And it was really interesting to watch. The first episode was directed by Steven Spielberg. Oh, wow. It, it's very much a procedural, but it's not like your normal procedural. It's very meandering. There's, you know, very lackadaisical. There's no real rush to kind of solve this murder. (laughs) And you see a lot of it from the murderer's point of view. You're pretty much in the murderer's point of view for most of it. And Columbo just keeps coming in and like bothering them (laughs) and becoming their friends and be like, oh, yeah, buddy, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, By the way, uh, this is why you killed this guy. Just one more thing. (laughs) Just one more thing. Uh, so I recommend you go onto YouTube and watch some old episodes of Columbo. And then if you want, uh, which I may do, uh, go see where you can find, uh, some seasons and catch up, uh, catch up there. Catch up. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Sorry, it was like catch up on Columbo. (laughs) You know, if I was trying to be funny, Ben, you wouldn't laugh. Um, yeah, so I'm actually going to recommend a Netflix show. I'm only a couple episodes in right now myself, but I'm in love with it. It's uh, Maniac. It stars uh, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone as these um, patients in kind of this experimental psychological mind test thing. And uh, it looks like it goes pretty crazy, and like the first two episodes are really crazy. So I'm really excited for what's to come. I actually watched the entire series, and it continues to be very good. I'm a big fan of the the fact that it's supposed to be modern day. And there's so much anachronistic technology, yeah. Yeah, it's like retro future. Like everything is old, like 80s computers. But with this technology that we just don't have right now. So it, it's fun to like see that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, it's it's such a weird like aesthetic. On like episode one, I was like, oh, this show was made exactly for me. <laughs> so what are we looking at next week? All right, so next week we're going to pick up right where we left off with Web Riders on the Storm. We get to see who are these mysterious web writers and what do they want from our characters? Do you have any, do you have any theories, Ben? I do not. I, I'm, I'm completely unnerved by their little language that they have. Their dial tone. <laughs> Unless, you know what they could be? It's a shot in the dark, but it could be someone running like a virus scan and like they're actually trying to kill viruses and they think that that's what the ship is. Oh, kind of like some red blood cell things if you're doing inner space yeah exactly like they're they think that they're a threat but they're not really you know who knows who knows well you can always correspond with us online we're at incoming game pod on twitter incoming game cast on facebook and incominggamecast.com. if you like what you hear and you want to get episodes a week early and all kinds of other bonus content <laughs> you can uh donate at patreon.com slash incoming game and you can uh you can find me at Dudworks, D-U-D-W-O-R-K-S. You can find me online at Stravina Lady, S-T-I-R-B-I-N-O Lady. Our theme music is Spasmatica Polka by Kevin McLeod. So, Ben. Yes. I have a joke for you. Okay, where'd you find this joke? On the web. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> Who? Stay frosty. (laughs) Game over. User wins. Knock knock. Who's there?
Meow. <laughs> this cat wants to be fed. Oh no, he's been fed. He's just a butt. <laughs> he's never he's lost. A giant butt. 